Thanks for joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy, and I have a special guest today, Rebecca Studer. Welcome. Thank you so much, Missy. Becca, I am so delighted to have you here. And one of the reasons is because as we talk about Circle of Friends and our affiliation and partnership with them and the years of doing uh, Circle of Friends radio, we talk about this circle that's ever widening and how neat it is when God brings people into our lives. And that's exactly mm. what happened with you. You're my new friend who, <laughs> who I met through older friends. Right. Uh, Lisa Troyer, who co-founded Circle of Friends, uh, talked with Susie Thomas, who is your good friend and my good friend. And so now we are friends. Right. And it's awesome. I love it. I love the connections that God makes mm-hmm. and how he allows us to encourage one another. And I feel like your testimony and your story, it's so poignant and so hard to hear in some ways, and yet so encouraging because it's a story of how God has been with you through everything in your life, Mm -hmm. and he is faithful, Mm -hmm. even in hard times. He is. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So my story is, there's a lot of heaviness to it, um, and people may wonder, why in the world do I want to share it? They uh, feel like they look at me and think, you know, gosh, why does she want to share this? Um, And it can be, there's parts that are gloom and doom, but what I want to focus on and what I want to share is that there, there are huge storms in my life, crises that have happened over the last 14 years, but God has stayed with me and he has put me in check when I need to be in check. And, uh, and there's hope. And I know so many people out there that are, just struggling, um, no matter, especially times now um, with the pandemic and just people are hopeless um, in different aspects of their life. And I've been through those valleys and continue to go through them, but there's hope on the other side. Mm. And I see that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And that is only possible for me. It has only been possible with the Lord. And that's what I want to share. And that's what I want to get across to people. So, um, you know, it's not fun to go through the storm. But when you come out of the other side, you can't help but share and feel encouraged to to share that hope Mm -hmm. with people. Um, It excites me so much. I don't want to keep it to myself. Mm. Um, I don't want to be selfish with it. So that's, you know, that's that's where I'm at. Um, You know, growing up, Missy, I was... I had a wonderful childhood, um, so happy, so just full of memories. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, it was my mom, my dad, and my older brother, Ryan, and I. And it was just the four of us. We got along great. We took family vacations. Um, you know, we laughed. We had our disagreements and fights. You know, we weren't the perfect family by any means. Um, we, but we grew up in a Christ-centered home, and we grew up going to church together and talking about God, and talking about Christ, and praying, and, um, you know, especially during those teen years, your kid, you know, you, you find maybe that you're dragging your kids to church, or Mm. get up early, come on, let's go, and, and my brother and I, you know, did that um, from time to time, but we, we still went, the four of us, we still made, made it a part of our childhood, a habit, to go to church, the four of us, and we were active in our youth group, And um, our parents were active in the church and just had so Mm. really a healthy Christ-centered home, which I'm so thankful for. Now, tell me the difference in age between you and your brother. So Ryan was four years older. Yes. So he was my he was my big protective older brother. You know, he was Mm. always looking out for me. Um, 
he had such an ornery side to him. <laughs> he was always just tickling and wrestling with me the older I got. Um, but for the most part, being four years four years, you know, uh, apart from each other, we got along great. Mm -hmm. And there were times when I wanted him to just leave me alone. And, uh, you know, he kind of, sometimes he would, sometimes he wouldn't. A lot of times if I knew I was irritating him, I just backed away. Um, but being four years apart, we were very close and, um, he was just, I loved having an older brother Mm -hmm. in him. Um, uh, you know, I make a joke that the older I got, the more I got annoyed with his tickling and wrestling with me. And, um, I've said this before, but one day I remember going to my mom saying, why won't he just leave me alone? (laughs) Because I got, I was so annoyed and I was going through, you know, I don't know that probably those adolescent years, um, where everything annoys you. But, uh, my mom had said, you know, Rebecca, that's Ryan's way of loving you. Mm. And so, um, you know, I'd love to share that with other people that if they have siblings that just drive, you know, they drive each other crazy and they're tickling and wrestling with you or that might just be their way of showing that they care and that they love you. And so after my mom said that, it just kind of dawned on me. That's how Ryan showed that he loved me, you know, amongst other ways. But um, and I, I I began to I learned, I guess I learned to appreciate that, you know, so he was four years older than me. Um and I just, you know, growing up, I just kind of did things by the book. I went to, um, had a very normal life, I guess, in my mind. I had a very normal life up until about 2006. Um, I went to high school. I went to college. I graduated. I got my degree. I, you know, married my high school sweetheart. And uh, we enjoyed marriage for a few years and then had children. And, um, and then 2006... Uh, it was three years after uh, I got married, and this was before I had children, and I got a phone call from my mom, and this phone call was the first major storm in my life. Um, I got a phone call, and my mom said to go to Ryan's house right away. Um, I had rushed over, and uh, he lived just around the corner from me, so it didn't take long, and had found that Ryan took his life. Mm. Um, and so he... Uh, he overdosed on some pills. And this was the first major crisis in my life. The first time where I didn't know what to do. Mm. I felt completely helpless. Um, I was obviously in shock. I felt, uh, I, I feel like it was the first time I really felt panicked. Like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to handle this? And so, um, you know, suicide, it's, uh, it's something that we never anticipate dealing with. Um, it was, it, it really, ju- it rocked, it rocked our world. Mm. It rocked my world. Um, I was, I was then dealt the hand of being an only child, which I never in my wildest dreams anticipated. Um, it's not, never something that I wanted to be faced with, um, and still don't. But um, like I said, Ryan and I were very close. And so that day we, um, you know, we went through the, the, the arrangements of funeral and, and calling hours and planning all, all that out. And, you know, for me during that time, I went through um, pretty immediately after Ryan passed, I went through a very lonely stage. 
um, right after he passed, my parents' time and attention went towards other things um, that I won't get into, but um, their focus their focus went on other things, and I just felt lonely. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I remember wanting and almost craving recognition from other people. Mm. Um, and needing it, really. Right. Yeah, to yeah. share in your pain and your grief and all those sure. things. Yeah. Right. Everybody surrounded my parents, um, and a lot of people surrounded his wife, and and I, uh, I just felt like I was kind of over in the corner um, sitting quietly, um, saying, "Hey, I lost my only sibling." Okay, and um, there were st- uh, there were a few people that surrounded me, but really, I just felt left out. I felt left out, and I wasn't the type of person, and still, still, you know, am to a certain degree. This is true. Not one to come out and interrupt that. I guess, um, you know, I. I knew that my parents were were doing their own thing, and I'm not the type of person to go up and say, why aren't you paying attention to me? Uh, I'm just, that's not my nature to do that. So I sat back. I let everybody kind of do their business, you know, and I had a few friends that occasionally, you know, came to me and asked if I needed anything. But, you know, a, a word of encouragement, I guess, to listeners is that if you know of someone that has experienced suicide, keep in mind the entire family, mm. all of the family members, not maybe, not just the parents, um, the siblings, or, you know, it, it's difficult to do because you could be um, dealing with a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You know, Becca, I'm wondering, as you're describing this, and I can only imagine just the turmoil that you must have been in, were were there things that helped you through that in terms of what people did? Or were you in a crisis of faith with, with God and your belief in him and that he is a good God or that he would help you through it? Or maybe there were verses that helped you through. How did you, mm. how did you navigate that, uh, both in terms of people offering comfort and help, but, but your faith in the Lord? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, things that helped me and helped my parents also is that right after this happened, people were just present in our home. Mm. And I think this is another important takeaway uh, for listeners, is that there's this um, fear of what do I say to the family? And there's certain things that over the last 14 years, the more I've talked with people, and, oh, a friend of mine said this, and this was really not the thing to say, or this hurt me, or they really don't know what I'm feeling or, or any of that, but it was just, you know what, being physically present at the home, not even having to say anything. Um, you know, my mom would, she has said this before, she had, she remembers just friends being there, physically there at our home, and they said, you know what, if you want to talk, you can talk. If you don't want to talk, that's okay. Yeah. And we're not going to feel like we have to talk, so we're just going to be here, and if you need us, let us, you know, we're here for you. And that meant a lot to her. Um, I had a few friends come, um, but I would say I didn't feel like I had that as much, okay? Um, So just being physically there, there's no magic words that you're going to say, you know? Um, I think there is just this awkwardness of, should I 
should I say his name? Should I bring up memories of him? Um, what if I make the family cry more? I'm going to feel terrible. And there's just all that what ifs. And I would say, you know what? For listeners, um, just being physically there. And I would mention, you know, don't, don't shy away from mentioning the family member's name who passed. Don't mention... Uh, don't shy away from mentioning the um, conjuring up memories of them and talking about them, funny memories and laughing and um, oh, I remember when he or she did this and and I think there's that's one of the misconceptions about people um, who complete suicide is that the family they don't want to hear any of that after that you know after they pass away, but the more. And like I said, this may not be the case for everybody, but over the last 14 years, um, the more people that I talk with, they agree. And that, yes, I still want to hear their name. I still mm-hmm. want to talk about them. And uh, it, it actually, I think, gives the family, it helps with the healing. It helps with the healing. Um, to me, I still love to talk about Ryan. I love it. I love to continue to see pictures of him. Um, not too long ago, uh, I think this was a couple summers ago, I ran into a friend of his and uh, he brought up a memory of him and Ryan going to the movie theater and it, and it was funny. And I think they got pulled over by a policeman or something. And anyway, there was a funny story tied to it. Okay. And, um, I just loved it. And I said, thank you, you know, Mm. for bringing that up. And it just put a smile on my face the rest of the day. It really did. So even 14 years later, um, I love that. And I think I can speak for my parents, too, in saying that they enjoy that, too. But from other people's point of view, that's so important to know. Don't shy away from that Mm. because it keeps them alive. Mm -hmm. And it shows us that, you know, that that Ryan impacted other people's Mm -hmm. lives, that other people are missing him. It's not just us and his immediate family. And so I think that's just so healing, um, even so many years later. But... Um, you know, you you asked about uh, faith and and how I dealt with that, and and someone asked me this the other day too, asked if I went through a stage of being angry with God, and I don't remember being angry with God that Ryan was gone. I remember being a little angry with God that I'm an only child now, and I never want it, and I don't want that. So why, why are you giving me that hand to be dealt with? Um, I want a sibling, you know, I want many, (laughs) but I, I don't ever remember feeling angry. Um, I think I trusted, I had a, I think I just had, I trusted in him enough to take care of me. Um, after Ryan died, I just don't ever remember feeling angry and I don't know if, the fact that we were raised in the church, and and I, I think I had a fairly strong faith at a young age, probably helped with that. And I know that sounds odd, maybe to listeners of, um, you know, why wouldn't you feel angry? Gosh, I know I would, but I don't ever remember mm. feeling that. I just remember feeling a state of panic, like I, Lord, help me you know, guide me in how to deal with this because Mm. I have no idea what to do. Um, God has always been there in my life. I don't ever remember a time when he wasn't there. And again, that just goes back to how my mom and dad raised us. But the older I get, 
the more closer I get with mm. him. Yes, the more intimate the relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you've seen him. He's been with you through many things in your life that you never imagined going through, mm-hmm. and he's been faithful through that. He has. That's awesome. Yes. Was, was there a particular verse that you clung to through that time? Um, you know, John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Romans 8, 38, 39. And this was Ryan's favorite verse. Mm. And this is actually engraved on his gravestone. Nothing can separate us from mm. the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. Yeah. And uh, that was something I think all of us as a family clung to. Yeah. Um, because although he went through with... Um, you know, completing suicide, and um, that is not the way that God wants us to, you know, that's a sin, and that's not the way that God wants us to, you know, to to leave this earth and and join him. But that verse is nothing can separate Mm -hmm. us. No matter what avenue, no matter what happens, nothing is nothing, and he keeps, we can, you know, we can cling to Mm -hmm. every promise of his. And Ryan had made a profession of salvation. You knew that. You saw the fruit in his life, so it was very evident that he was a believer. It was. It was. He loved Jesus. He, um, yes, and multiple people he shared that with, probably more people than than we're going to know, you know, Mm -hmm. while we're on earth, but he did accept um, Christ as his Lord and Savior. Mm. And so that's the peace. Yeah. And that you can eventually get there. Yeah. You can eventually get there because now we have peace with that. Yeah. Well, and you can't ignore the emotion, right? I mean, you, you're on a roller coaster ride of Absolutely. all kinds of things. And I'm sure suicide itself brings its own wave of differing emotions as well. And so kind of navigating through those waters, you have you have to go through them. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. of the verse that says, you know, that I will be with you, you know, through the waters, you know, mm-hmm. it's not going to overflow you, but you, you have to pass through them, right? Right, right. You know, I think of the story in the Bible where Jesus is in the boat with his disciples and the storm is, yes. and they're frantic and yeah. they're uh, trying, you know, am I, are we going to survive this? And Jesus is sleeping yeah. in the boat. <laughs> like, what's with that? Wake up. Right, you, help right. Us out here. You know, but, um, that's what we have to. Th- that's what we have to remember. We have to think, no matter how crazy our storm is and how much we feel like we're sinking, he's so close to us. You know, he's that close to us that he is sitting in the boat with us, and we have to remember that. Um, so that was, yeah, that was something that we, those verses we clung to and uh, were reminded of, and um, to this day, I had Romans eight thirty eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reminds me of Ryan, reminds me of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's a great verse. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that that was his favorite. Yeah, what, and what a <laughs> blessing in hindsight to know that you you knew that was Ryan's favorite verse. Mm-hmm. It, it is a verse. God gave it to us. He gave it, it to us in his word. And now yeah. you, you can cling to that. That's, right. that's the kind of God we have, right. that even though we go through difficult times, he does want to comfort us. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean he's going to take away the emotion, right. but he'll walk with us through it. Right. Yeah. Wow, what an amazing story. Now, tell me a little bit about where you're at now as you look backwards and the things that the Lord has brought you, maybe taught you through this mm-hmm. uh, this tragedy and trial in your life. Yeah. Well, reflecting back, the, the more time goes on, I realize that there are things that God revealed to me to help me get through this. And I have other storms in my life that maybe we'll talk about in the future, but with Ryan's passing One of the things that uh, I think that everybody deals with in suicide is why, why, why? Yeah. 
and people don't have answers. A lot of times they don't have answers. Maybe they do. But in our case, we didn't. And why, why did they take their own life? Why this? Why that? And there's so many why questions. And when we ponder on those why questions over and over and over again, and you don't have answers, it can drive you crazy. Yeah. It can drain you, mm. you know? I mean, doesn't it drain us even when we analyze the same situation over and over in our minds? Yeah, and you're, and you're, you're a hamster on a wheel, really. You're, exactly. You're not going to get anywhere with it because there is no answer of this side of heaven. Right, Yeah. exactly. So that's something that I think we all dealt with. Um, you know, again, I'll just speak for me, but those why questions of why, 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 and I really found no other way to deal with that except to go to the Lord with that. Mm. There was no other solution. Like I, you know, um, and maybe there was, and I just haven't thought of it, but I just wanted to go to the Lord and I wanted ultimately to feel peace about not having those answers. And he gave that to me Mm. eventually. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen overnight. But I had to be patient, and I had to cling to him, and I had to trust that he would, um, that he would fulfill his, you know, end of the bargain. That he would, that he would take away those um, urges of finding answers. To this day, I don't need answers to that. Mm. But that took some time. Yeah, and that shows an awful lot of trust in the Lord that He is, He's a good God, and even if we don't, if we don't understand, right. we can rest in Him. Knowing that he ha- he he has it covered, it's not, he does. It, it wasn't in his plan for Ryan to take his life. He never wanted you to go through it, but you've gone through it, and in right. it, in the process of it, and in going through it, he's been with you every step of the way. Absolutely, and I think that's the hope, right? Because in yes. this world, you will have trials and tribulations. Jesus told us that right up front. This is a hard right. place. Life is difficult. Sin entered the world. It's not paradise. Mm-hmm. God created paradise, and we were, you know, <laughs> we blew that. But it won't be perfect again until we get to heaven. But in this world, as we go through those tro- troubles and trials, God is present and will be present and promises to comfort us through that. Mm-hmm. And I think that he brings us blessings in spite of it. Mm. Like through it, if if you, I, I believe that he has blessed you, Becca, with with insights and a deeper faith and a deeper love and a deeper trust. Those are blessings from the Mm -hmm. Lord because you trusted him Mm -hmm. through the process. Mm -hmm. And as you said, it's, it is a process. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. You don't deny your feelings. You don't deny the difficulty, but you continue to walk and trust in him. And then, then I think you can look back and maybe see some things. What are some of the things Mm -hmm. you think the Lord has brought to you through this as difficult as it is? Mm. Well, you know, I know that he has blessed other people um, with maybe clarity of their own relationship with Christ. Um, and mm. t- to, to let you know what I'm talking about, right after Ryan passed, we, a, a group of ladies, um, Ryan had a very close knit of friends, small group, very close, and some of their wives some of his friends' wives got together, and we had a Bible study outside of our um, in our home, and my mom and and um, myself were included, and and it was just a way for us to all grieve together. Mm. And some of um, I 
I feel I could be wrong, but I feel like it was a time for everybody to kind of reflect on their relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. what it is, um, what do I believe, and um, I think that in itself is a that's an avenue, mm-hmm. you know, that God brought about. That um, uh, I know for me personally, yeah, during that time I grew closer to the Lord with that mm-hmm. too, um, you know. But dealing with those why, 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 you really just have to get to a point of surrender. Mm-hmm. And some people may wonder if they don't know the Lord or they're not as close to the Lord as they would like to be, how you get to that point. You just have to, you get to a point where you sit back and you're like, I'm, I'm sick of thinking about that. I think you just have to get to a point where you're not afraid to be completely honest with God. Mm. Just be honest. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't pretend that everything is hunky-dory when it's not. He knows anyway, but he wants you to come to him, and he wants you to be honest with him. You know, in my mind, he is, he is my heavenly father, and he is, um, but he is my best friend. And so I'm still getting into the habit of if I go through anything, um, any other storms, or if I'm having a bad day, he is the first person that I mm. go to. It's not my parents. It's not even my husband, but it's him. And I think the more comfortable you get with that, the easier it is. Mm-hmm. Just sit down, be honest, be, get in a quiet place, whether it's your bedroom or whether you're driving in the car, no distractions, and just lay it on the line and say, Lord, I'm done asking these why questions. You know my heart. I'm tired of it. I can't figure this out on my own, being vulnerable, you know, to him. Um, Because, you know, ultimately he wants to heal your heart just Mm. as much as you want it healed. Mm, And he can do a far better job than we can. And he could probably do it maybe probably even faster (laughs) than we can. Not that it's going to happen overnight. Right, right. But, um, and then... So for me, again, I think so much of how my parents raised Ryan and I um, helped me with that. And, and you know what really helped, too, is um, our church family. Mm-hmm. And that's so important, I think, too. If you don't have a church family, um, you know, something to pray about. Um, God wants that for you, too. But our church family came together, and pr- I know that they were praying. Um, I know they were at our home. Those were some of the people that were just there um, being physically present with us. And, gosh, it's so important. You just you feel such a um, comfort, and there's that spiritual intimacy, you know, that you have with friends that just makes all the difference. Mm. Rebecca, your story is, as I said earlier, so poignant and really difficult in some ways to listen to, and yet so hopeful because of your hope and your assurance of who God is and what he's done for you Mm -hmm. through this. We're about at the end of our day today, and I'm wondering if there are things that you, uh, takeaways maybe you want to leave the listeners with, or uh, scripture that helped you, or any last words you want to give to people who've been listening and maybe really touched by this because of some trial that they're going through right now. Mm -hmm. Sure. So I have four major takeaways, um, I guess, that I want the listeners to, to hear. And after Ryan passed, the Lord um, just revealed these to me. 
and reminded me of them. You know, the first one is just being at peace with not having your answers. Mm. All of these you have to go to the Lord with, and he'll He'll be faithful to you. But um, just being at peace with not having uh, the answers to, to all those why questions. Um, the second one is the reminder that God told me he is still a good, good father, even though things unraveled in the way that we didn't want them to and he didn't want them to. He's still a good, good father, and he's still faithful to us. And Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Mm. And when I hear that verse, I just think of just him walking alongside me, um, just his arms surrounding me, never leaving me and holding me so tight. And that really gives me a lot of comfort. Um my third takeaway is just forgiving when you can't forget. Um, after, you know, Ryan's death, I was um, angry at, at multiple people and, um, and had to go to the Lord with, um, with all of those just raw and vulnerable feelings, and he wants us to forgive. Um, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. And you know, there are those times when we don't want to forgive, but we need again to go to the Lord with that because he has the power to transform our hearts. And um, he did that with me. And then my fourth takeaway is really don't try to face your storms alone. Mm. And that was something that I feel like I did with Ryan. I really isolated myself. Um, too much. I did it too much. And I wasn't very open and honest with people. And I wasn't very vulnerable with people. And if people asked me, how are you? I said, I'm okay, even though I wasn't. And looking back, um, I could have, I, I could have improved, I could have done a better job with that. Mm-hmm. But I isolated myself and the Lord, we are wired for relationships. The Lord wants to give us people to help us through those mm. storms. But our pride gets in the way. We can handle this on our own. Um, you don't need anybody else. And, and that's not the case. I think those all come from the enemy. And he can conv- convince us that you don't need anybody, mm. but you really do. So, um, and I guess my final takeaway is in, in going with that last one, don't face your storms alone. If you don't have anybody to go to, there are people out there mm. that you can and that are willing to listen. Um, I, I saw a professional Christian counselor, started going to one after Ryan passed, and it was so, it was such a blessing. That was, you talk about what are the blessings that came out of it. That was one of them. Just to sit down, it was comforting to speak with someone who was grounded in the word and I could just be open and honest with, I could cry to, I could pray about, and I didn't have to worry about bringing my parents or bringing anybody else down with me. So um, there are people out there that are willing to listen. Mm. You need to be open to that. Mm. I love that. I love that so much. And thank you for sharing your story, for sharing Ryan's story. I feel like listeners are going to be able to draw from that, whatever they go through. And that's God's intent for us, that as we've mm-hmm. gone through trials, that we reach out, we comfort others with the comfort with which we've been comforted. That's what scripture says. So I believe you're doing that, Rebecca. And I think our listeners today, um, 
stay tuned because Rebecca's going to come back, right, Becca? That's right. Yeah, and we'll hear more of her story in following podcasts. And in the meantime, as we say often here, don't take our word for it. Open the word of God for yourself and see if what we're saying is not true. It's all there. And uh, we just hope that you take uh, a moment to get into the word of God for yourself. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to OpenTheWordPodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit. Everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.